Yen, thank you so much for making the time to join us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Kim. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Now, I always like to start the podcast with the same question every time, which is, Yen, if I met you and we're out and we're at a party and we're chatting and I said, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? You know, what's funny. I've listened to a few of your podcasts and I keep having to think this question through because um, depending on different people I talk to, I give them that kind of answer. So if someone asks me and they're male, I don't get too much into it. I just say, oh, I run an e-commerce business. But if a female asked me, I'd be like, hey, I run like a, a beauty business and a waist trainer business. So that's pretty much what I do. Yeah. So us guys, we can't be interested in beauty. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? You know, like these guys, yeah. they don't care about the beauty stuff. Because then they, they wouldn't know what to like talk about. So I just, oh, I'm in the beauty industry in e-commerce. So I just sell beauty products. That's kind of like what I say. Mm. And so, because you were already killing it before, like we've known each other for a while and mm. before you're killing it with a lot of your beauty products, and then you decided to release a new product. So tell us a little bit about that journey, because obviously you're already killing it with one, mm. you know, and it was, it was blowing up and doing really well. And then you decided to release this new product. How, like, number one, why? Like, why did you decide to go and bring on another one and give yourself more uh, stress and, and, and <laughs> inside of a business? Why did you decide to do that? It's actually really exciting because you always, I, I find that it really keeps me motivated in business when you're always finding new challenges to challenge yourself with. I know uh, my first business was, that was a failed business, but when I launched my second business, which was billionairebeauties.com, um, I was able to crush it. So I was, um, I think I started the business when I was, so I quit my job at 25 and I went full-time into Billionaire Beauties to launch that business, which is color contact lens. Still, I added the lashes and that really has been sort of my success business throughout the years so because you get kind of bored with like you know as you progress and then as you get older and you know I hit my 30s I'm not in my early 20s anymore so different products kind of intrigue me better so every time I want a sort of a product and then it's not on the market I want to go out there and then create it so that is when um curve sculpting um came alive so I started curve sculpting during pandemic actually the idea was like around for a long time but as you know one business is already a lot of work but during pandemic because we're in melbourne we like we were locked down and we couldn't go anywhere so i was like okay might as well start a new project so that that's when curve sculpting came out i sketched the idea a long time ago i did a lot of research but i never really did too much into it i remember we were planning to launch curve sculpting when kim kardashian was about to announce her waist trainer. And I actually waited until she launched her waist trainer to make sure that we don't have the same product because I knew my product was very unique. But still, time goes on. As you get busy, you don't really think about it. And then, yeah, so since during pandemic, we launched in late July, August this year, 2020. And now, what, what month is it? We're in October now. So it's only been a couple months. Um, we sold out on our first month. So... I started this because I remember my mom loved waist trainer and she's like this short little Asian lady with a big bum. But you know, like when you're short, you always feel like you're fat. So, but when you have a flat stomach or a small waist, it doesn't seem like you're fat, so to speak. 
And so she she bought all types of waist trainer. And mind you, my mom's very like she's a tighter. She's very particular with what she spends her money on. So she she would buy all these type of waist trainer and wear it. And then I always found it weird, but at the same time interesting. But she lost a lot of weight during the time of waist training. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So I started waist training myself, and I love having that feminine curve, like that small waist. And obviously, Kim Kardashian made it really famous. Um, and then I remember trying on different waist trainer, and because I'm a little bit busty, every waist trainer I try on the market, um, it really pushes my boobs up. <laughs> so, so I thought, oh, it can't be like this. I hate wearing it. I love how it makes my waist small, but like it's just not comfortable, and it really pushes my boobs too high, and it makes it look really not natural or normal. So that's when I was, um, I started sketching some stuff up and then that's when, yeah, the birth of Curve Sculpting came. And so for anyone listening, for the guys, because <laughs> the girls probably know exactly what you mean, but give me a little bit more. So waist trainer, like what yep. actually is it? Because I hear you saying, I'm like, yes. like, so what does it actually do? What is it? How does it work? <laughs> so do I need one? No, you don't. Um, mostly. <laughs> what if I want those curves, you know? Oh, actually, uh, waist trainer is good for posture as well, not having a small waist. So it is because it's made out of bones. Do you know what a corset is? Mm -hmm. Yep, perfect. So let's start from there. <laughs> and so a corset is like a harder version, a harder like mold than a waist trainer. A waist trainer is made out of, made out of um, latex on the outside. And so it's a little bit more flexible, more comfortable to wear. The corset has a, usually on the back, it has strings and you really tighten the string up. So with the waist trainer, it usually comes in hooks, zips, um, which makes it a lot easier to wear. So that's kind of um, what corset and waist trainer is. So okay. just right. when you wear it, it just kind of sculpts up the, the waist and then gives you the posture because of the steel bones. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> so for anyone listening and then they're like, cool. So you, you saw Kim Kardashian launch, you know it obviously works. You saw a product and you're like, cool, I need to make it a little bit better. Um, for me, because if I have problems, there's probably many other women out there that have those problems as well. Mm -hmm. But then you said, it's like, cool, I sold it out in the first month. And for most people out there who may have tried with e-commerce products before, they might be like, this sounds like too good to be true. It was must have been really easy for you because like, who, Not like at all. How, how, does, how does that just happen? So walk us through like some of the steps from like, maybe it's from the marketing angle and the like the distribution angle to be able to sell out in your very first month in and amongst a crazy pandemic and you're locked down and you can't even leave your house. So number one, I know a lot of people at home and they're putting on a lot of weight. And so it's hard for them to maintain like their figure. So, uh, you know, um, when they get out of lockdown. So that was one thing that, that striked me because I was like, oh my God, I'm sitting there, like, I'm getting fat. I don't want to take photos. So that was kind of like during this time um, with the, how we launched it was purely what we did was, so being in um, social media and e-commerce, we have a lot of connection with um, Instagram feature accounts. So being around for like probably a decade, uh, I was able to build a lot of relationships with these accounts. So what we do is before the launch, so when we launched this product, we got them all to post uh, a video of our product at the same time during that time. So it goes viral on social media. So we have sort of that kind of control. And I got into YouTube because when a, a new product comes out, people are always looking at reviews to understand details on like the products. I remember I went to this seminar and this always stuck with me 
there's three types of customers. First customer is uh, raving fans. People who love you, already know you, will buy off you. Second customer is tire kickers. They'll ask all these questions and they'll never buy from you. And the third customer is customers who are looking for information, more information so that you um, they know to buy. Because it's, so it's almost like objection handling. What is What do they want to know? Measurements, all that stuff. So then we would then give that to them. So what we do is we get we got some YouTubers to then review our products for us on the launch of um, Curve Sculpting. And then we use that with our social media and all that and see how that goes and then launch that on Facebook ads to then run that. So we know what works already on our social media, test that out, and then, and then we launched it. So there's a lot of behind the scenes. People think that, oh, it's just, but it's so many behind the scenes, social media, YouTube influencer featuring on different accounts, really, really getting in front of people's eye. So yeah, and then and, you just yeah, no, that's awesome. And so for anyone listening, if they're going cool, so like getting these features on accounts and all this sort of stuff, um, there's a, there's a cost attached, right? Yes. So how do you, as a business owner, like when you're looking at these products and you're going, hmm, like, and maybe someone else is out there and they're like, well, maybe I've been thinking about using an influencer. Like, how do you measure how effective they are? How do you know if they go, oh, you know, I think it was someone released the other day, like Kim Kardashian is like, it's 500K for her to do one yep. post on social media or something ridiculous. Yep. So if you're dealing with these influencers, mm -hmm. how do you go, this is worth it, this is not worth it, they're charging the right amount, they're charging too little or too much? Like, how did you figure that out? I definitely, uh, coming from like, you know, uh, so my family was never rich. So coming from a so-called poor family, I do have the mentality to really budget because when you have a mom like, how much you get that for? I can get that for cheaper. You really have that mentality to really negotiate, find out the cost and not splurging your money. So that was a benefit as well. So I, I did a lot of research with a lot of bloggers, uh, YouTubers and all that, and I'll get different quotes. And then I'll think of like, you know, okay, well, this is how much she paid for. How many orders would I have to make to cover that? and see the engagement on the type of product they did and see the videos and really look at all the videos. So say, for instance, we got one of our YouTubers. I looked at her, all her videos and is the audience, is her audience watching her, my audience? So then I'll look more into that. I'm like, okay, they really engage really well with this type of product. So I'm like, okay, great. So let's invest in her. And then I'll get different quotes from different bloggers who are the same audience to so that so like this person is friends with this person with this person so then that gi gives a more impactful reaction because there's you know how say for instance you're in the social media uh, you're in the um, personal development industry and if you see oh tony robbins talk about something and you see john Martini talk about something and then you see all and then it all of a sudden has this impactful influence on you so that's kind of what we do like a really big impact on like uh, groups of the same type of audience. So the same followers are following these type of bloggers. So for you, when you, what's your most important metric that you would look at? So for example, do you look at and just go, oh, cool, they want to charge a thousand and they have a hundred thousand people. So it means we pay X per thousand. Or do you go, well, this person might charge uh, 500 and only have 10,000 followers or viewers, but they all seem to be really, really good people. Like what's your kind of like, do you have like a, a metric where you go, this is what I'm looking for? exactly so, so here's the thing i back then i really cared a lot about how many followers um influencers have 
But right now, now that I'm a little bit more in the social media thing, I thought, oh my God, they have to have millions of followers because then they'll charge a lot. But it's more like micro uh, influencers with high engagement. So you see their videos can easily go viral. They don't have to have a lot of subscribers. For instance, one of our um, YouTube bloggers who did a video for us for contact plans, she has you know probably 10,000 subscribers um, and many of her videos didn't get much views. But the one video in the industry like she did another contact lens one and that went viral so we're like okay well her following her followers really like that type of um post so then we reach out to her so it's really not about how many followers it's about how they engage and if their audience like that type of product that um they put out so that's what we look for now and so for if anyone's listening and they're going to start doing that research, looking at those things, like, uh, and you don't have to use that one as an example, but like yeah. how much do people charge? Because sometimes they go, people, if they've never done it before, they're like, if they just go into someone's like, it's a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred dollars. Like what's the normal, like what's the kind of like the rates, if you will, mm. that you, you're kind of seeing across the people that you use? That, that, that's really, um, it's very, it's a big variety. Like say for instance, they have not that much of following on Instagram but they have a huge following on YouTube, which makes their Instagram, even though their following is not that much, the engagement is really high. So then it all comes down to engagement again. So it really, it really depends, honestly, because now there's TikTok now. So now we're looking at bloggers in TikTok and they have no idea because they're just like everyday people who just do videos that go viral. It's nothing fancy. They don't know how to edit videos, but they know how to do TikTok. So you got to really see what it is mm. you got to judge it for yourself and you know like yeah do your research i think that's the massive like the biggest one so are there any pitfalls that people need to be careful of and wary of when they're going into this is there anything where you go like this is a red flag for you now when you're going and looking and assessing people and going oh like maybe we can reach out to them is there anything that you go this is a red flag that maybe other people may not know because as you said you've been doing this for a while now mm -hmm. so you've got the experience and you probably know straight away mm -hmm. like no, no not looking at these people um is there anything that's a red flag where yes. you go yeah stay away from this type of influencer so say for instance because we just launched curve sculpting um uh, which is a waist trainer it's really it's really hard to sort of determine when say for instance you see a blogger and they show a lot of their body like you know a lot of nudeness and you're like, okay, great. Oh, you know, I'm going to get this influencer because she has so many following. But then if you've got to look back again, like how many of those are male? So you got to really determine that. And then what another thing that I actually look for is um, say if an influencer reach out to us, yes, they have 100,000 or a couple hundred thousand following. And then I look through their um, Instagram and then I see like a lot of the males commenting or like random businesses. And then I would go, okay, because you're going to look out for the engagement pods. Like if they're just seeing engagement pods and other businesses commenting on them. So then I would go in and look at the accounts. And how you figure this out is you click on the business and you go to their page and see if they comment back on their post. So that's kind of like how I determine things. Because you can see, oh, there's so much comments, but is it legit from their customers asking how much? What's this product? Or are they just another brand who was in an engagement pod just commenting so there's so much to it though it's really fun <laughs>
So the people would have really take the time. So it's like, don't just go, oh, I want to use influencers. And then, yeah. oh, this guy says a thousand bucks, great, pay it. You've got to do that research. You've got to go down a few lanes. Yeah. You can't just be like, all right, yeah, cool, let's do it. Um, so all of them work mm-hmm. exactly as you wanted to when you started no, using them. absolutely not. <laughs> so with influence, yeah, no. Um, with influencers, I remember for our launch of our Otaku Lens, um, I, I said, oh, I want to make it renowned. So we, we sent it to many influencers because throughout the years you would know we have a lot of influencer and then we send it to all of them but here's the thing say you send 100 out there could be only 20 that post for you because there's no guarantee there's no obligation and you just got to suck it up at the start of early days in my business i was like oh but you said this but and then you start you don't want to get into that fighting with the the, and making them feel obligated because then you're leaving a bad impression on your brand so you just got to you just got to have to invest, see if they're going to post it or not. And I, I forgot to answer your question, actually, about the money thing. To say, for instance, I, again, I did a lot of research and I reached out to certain bloggers, say, for instance, I reached out to, I remember there's a lot of bloggers who have agency and with when they go with agency, mm-hmm. their price is like ridiculous. I'd rather go directly to them and then see if they like our product because if they don't like it, they just want it for the money and that's going to charge us a lot of money. So um, I remember getting ridiculous like quotes like $10,000 for like an Instagram story or $10,000, uh, $15,000 for like an Instagram uh, TV. And I was like, that's just ridiculous. I think um, with our uh, Billionaire Beauties or Taku Lens, our social media has been around for a long time. So we've got like a couple hundred thousand followers. followers. Um, because we've been around for a long time, it's a lot easier working with influencer. We can then exchange gifts for, for posts. Again, you take that risk of if they post or not. But with our new brand, because we are new, um, people are like, oh, you know, you're just building your brand. So then we do uh, don't mind paying a little bit, but I prefer exchange for posts. Always go for exchange for posts because we want our influencer who actually really use our product to review as opposed to, Oh, they're getting paid to review. So that's kind of like where that's always our main focus. Our influencer genuinely like our product and they're happy to do it for gift for exchange for posts. So that's always should be your first go to. So remember, Asian family budget. <laughs> and so, so with that as well, um, mm-hmm. how are you finding your influencers? Like, are there any tools that you can use or are you just going like just hardcore, like? going down Instagram rabbit hole research um, or is there anything that, is there any kind of like tools or things that people might not be aware of where you can go and get like a little bit of a head start? So I do both. So there was an app, uh, Brand Snob that I use, which, you know, has influencers on there. You set out a campaign and then it shoots it to all the influencers and then, you know, so on and so on. But now you're going to pay like 150 or 190 per month to use it or per week. I can't remember. Um, and it hasn't got much engagement lately. So I find when you go direct again, it's always better. Like it takes a little bit of time. You, I usually just craft out the message and then say, for instance, I craft out a message to DM them, but like something personal. And then I'll crop up, you know, crop out whatever it is and then put their name in it. So always take the time to put their name in it. So it's like a cover letter um, when you're applying for a job. So same concept. So another way, usually what I do is I go to a competitor, like a, where my audience follow, like say for instance, I know my audience like to shop 
at uh, say uh, or Bali Body, say for instance, and then I'll go to Bali Body, Bali Body, and then see the influencer, and then I'll like find out their influencer and reach out to them because that's the same audience. So then that's something I would do to reach out to to find out what type of influencer to go for. So that's a really good um, example. Um, but otherwise, yeah, all these other accounts that you know that your um, your followers follow. Same concept with the influencer thing. But um, I usually do it manually. I've got staff. Of course, I've got like over 10 VAs um, that I, you know, like uh, get to work for me. So we have a whole team. But usually I like to still go in to see how everything works because you don't want to be, you know, grey or uh, on your game. You want to make sure you're on top of it and really understand it. So I would even create content to understand what works who's you which type of bloggers to reach out to yeah that makes a lot of sense and so let's talk a little bit if uh if you can you mentioned obviously selling like using these strategies and then you sold out in the first month how many yep. units is a sellout like how many how many units did you go like what what was the numbers that kind of flew off the shelves so i think about 200 but then bear in mind my products are over 100 dollars um and then uh, when you start any business like because this is like my third business now um i didn't buy you're right i didn't buy a whole bunch of stock because that's just i want to test the idea of the products out and see if your products sell even though my product is unique even though i think it's amazing i still want to put it out there see what the audience say about it what to improve and then i'll stock more because that that's just a smarter way to do business now yeah 100% yeah the worst thing I've mm. ever seen is when people are like oh my my product's going to be amazing and they buy like six C containers worth of it and it rocks up kind and of not their fault yeah because they're, they're like oh you know sometimes with um manufacturers they're like no you have to buy 10,000 unit or 100,000 unit yeah but they got to have negotiation skills like yeah. like you right yeah exactly they got to have those skills to be able to learn to do that, yeah, exactly. You learn over time. Um, I love that. Now, um, yeah, as we get towards the end of our time here together, I always like to ask the same question at the end of the podcast, mm -hmm. which is, what's the question that I haven't asked you that I should have? Um, where do you see yourself running? Where Where do you see Curve Sculpting going? Or what new mm -hmm. things or new ideas? Um, I'm going to take Curve Sculpting. Beautiful. Fill me in. What's the answer? <laughs> So with Curve Sculpting, I'm planning to launch like, so I think I, I said this in um, blog by, I haven't said it here, but usually all my products is a reflection of my own life. So because I'm like, oh, I'm getting fat, I'm going to use a waist trainer. Um, and so like say, for instance, in a couple of years, if I have kids, I'll then get into pregnancy products and then swimwear, everything to really sculpt out the curves. That's kind of like the goal of our um, branding. So, yeah, and then so pregnancy products, shapewear, more on shapewear um, and like fashion as well. That's something I really want to do, like getting into fashion, bringing like a curve into every fashion piece. So, yeah, that's what, yeah. Amazing. And so for anyone that's listening going like awesome, like number one, maybe they want to find out more about the um, the the sculptware or number two, maybe they want to know more about just you. Where's the best place for people to, to connect with you online? You can find me on uh, Instagram, Yen Japney on Instagram. I try not to click too much. Um, or Curve Sculpting at, on Instagram, Curve Sculpting. 
um yeah and then just shoot us a message or yeah so guys we'll put all the links to that in the show notes so we'll connect you up with uh with yam we'll put all the links to um her profiles and everywhere so you can connect and find out more about what she's up to um yeah absolutely love it thank you so much for spending time with us today and guys if you listen to this and you enjoyed it maybe you know someone who's got a product-based business they're considering using influencers or they want to grow their business and you want to get some insights from someone like Yen who's got a heap of experience, please make sure to share this episode with them so that they can find out more and, and hopefully avoid some of the mistakes that people make over time when they're just trying to grow their businesses at the beginning. But Yen, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate Thanks you making the time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Kim.